Hi, my name is Monica Gleberman. I'm Victoria Dupuy. And you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. Today's episode is so, so exciting. Here to celebrate the 46th, yes, the 46th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Picture Show is Barry Bostwick. Brad Majors himself is here, just in time for Halloween, to talk all things Rocky Horror and so much more. So stick around until the end of the episode to hear everything. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Oh, hi! Okay, hi guys. I'm a huge Rocky Horror Picture Show fan, obviously. Um, And so I wanted to kind of go back, and I'm sure you've been asked a million questions, because it's been over 40 years, which is like insane to me. But what first originally drew you to the role? Because I, I remember reading how... Not only, I guess, two questions. What drew you to the role and then what kept you in the film? Because there were so many harsh conditions while you guys were filming, if I, yeah. if that's all true from what I read. So, well, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I was a theater actor and any chance I could get to do a film or be anywhere near films and cameras were, was exciting to me. And they basically offered me the part uh, 20th Century Fox was looking for a, an American boy and girl, you know, all American. And uh, I had, uh, I think about two years or three years earlier, I had done Grease on Broadway and I had uh, gotten a Tony nomination. So I was a little known in the sort of musical field. And uh, what drew me to it was Tim Curry, probably. I saw him on stage and uh, doing the part, and uh, he was so electric and and so amazing, and uh, any chance uh, I could have had to work with him, and his world, um, I, I jumped at, and um, and also, you know, uh, working with Susan was not a hardship. Was it true though? Like when I when I read about it during the filming process with the rain sequence and filming in like in some warehouse that you guys were filming in that it was very like harsh conditions for you guys it was miserable it was a miserable movie to make uh you know and we were in our underwear half the time and we were wet and um uh the the person i hated most was the uh, makeup guy who came by before each scene and started spraying me with ice cold water I'm uh, I'm amazed he's still alive. I, I, I it was so harsh, uh, and also we shot in this castle that was being torn down. They said, and, and there was holes in the roof, and it was raining inside as well as outside. And um, it it was uh, five weeks of of uh, sort of a physical torture, but um, uh, a hell of a lot of fun. And I made some great friends from it. And and who would have guessed that forty five years later. Uh, you guys still want to find out about it. Exactly. That was actually what I was going to segue into. I was going to say five weeks of torture, but 45 plus years of people just adoring this movie and going to see different remakes of it and live action versions. I've been to quite a few theater productions of it and it's just phenomenal. So my question was, did you ever think it would be so talked about all these decades later? No, we didn't. We had no idea that we didn't even know it was about. We knew it was just fun and it it was sort of gender bending and uh, it was um, a a big tongue in cheek send up and uh, it was colorful and 
but to think that somebody would still be interested in it this further far along, no, no, I don't think we had any idea of that. In fact, I don't even remember seeing it open. Uh, I don't. I was probably doing something else and. Um, and it didn't really come into my world until a few years after it was a, such a failure. And then, it, you know, picked up on the midnight circuit. And um, uh, then I became aware of it. And then the shadow cast, I started, uh, you know, talking with them over the years. And we would do conventions with uh, Pat and Nell and Meatloaf and Tim and uh, uh, pretty much everybody except Susan. Susan uh, was... Uh, not that she didn't like it. I just think she was busy all the time. So, you know, that's that. It's, uh, yes, no, I had no idea. And here we are 45 years later, and I, I couldn't be happier uh, with the way the world has reacted to our, our little low-budget movie. Now, I have a good question kind of related to that. It's so amazing to me. You know, like someone like Dick Van Dyke, right, has had a whole career you've had a whole career, amazing movies, amazing projects, but you, there's certain films that you just attach someone to, right? When they become like a legend, like Dick Van Dyke, you think of like Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke, show, like certain things that he did. For you, like, it must be so weird to like wrap your head around, but how does it feel that you're like a legend? Like you're like an icon. I mean, this film has been around for so long and is so beloved. I feel like that's so rare for someone to be like a, a legend. Like when I literally, when I was writing to someone, they were like, Oh my God, he's like a legend. I can't believe you're talking to him. So like, what legend. does that feel like? <laughs> legend to become a legend. Do you have to be old to be a legend or just, uh, I, I, can you be a legend, uh, just because of the one thing that you, you did it, you know, it's, it's such a one-off. It's such a unique uh, theatrical experience. My obituary is going to start out with, you know, asshole just died yesterday. You know, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I will be, <laughs> you know, unless I, unless I, something else, uh, you know, gets into the public's fancy between now and then, um, which is going to be hard to believe, but you know, unless I get on another series or something that is uh, such a blockbuster, it, you know, Rocky Horror is so multi generational. I mean, it, there's like third generations now, I think, and so, I mean, when I talk to when I talk to people or I'll go out and do an event, uh, it's amazing how many virgins there are in the audience today. You know, still. You know, and, and in fact, they, they keep growing. Uh, there's just more and more virgins. I, I've never seen so many virgins since junior high school. You know, it, uh, it, it and they all just come and have a great time. And, and uh, the next time they bring two more of their friends, you know, so it's, 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 it's very cyclical. It goes up and down and right now it's starting to go up again. Well, I have to tell you just a really quick story because I know Victoria has a question for you. But just as a quick, like kind of antidote, when I was a kid, I was probably like nine, 10, my mom had to start working. So my dad was working and my mom had us have a babysitter over and she had heard about this movie called Bright Car Preacher Show. And she said, oh, it's so good. Like I, I heard all these great things. So she had me and my brother watch it. No clue what the content was, right? Like, so, and she right. was so busy working, trying to be like, you know, good mom and whatever. 
So a couple of weeks go by. Me and my brother become obsessed like as kids. We don't, and again, I think it was like the musicality, the theatrical. We didn't know like, you know, what until we got older, like the meanings behind everything. So we were out in, in the world and my brother starts singing, I'm just a sweet transvestite from, and my mom <laughs> looks at him and she's like, what is that from? And yeah. we were like, oh, it's from that movie you let us watch, Rock Herbert Show. So it was banned for a little while in our house. And me and my brother used to sneak and watch it. The truth yeah. is 100% true story. We used to sneak and watch it. And then when we got older, all of us became like crazy, huge fans and went to all the shows and all the props and stuff. And then anytime I say, damn it, my mom always says, Janet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. been a lifelong kind of thing. I mean, I since I was a kid. That's how much. Well, you know, like but that's but that's what's that's what's so I think uh, appealing. It's it's naughty. It 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 makes you it makes you uh, do something that is uh, you know antisocial in a way and anti-family and it's uh, that's why said they say it's a coming of age you know movie you you know you you go see it well really what you're doing is you're sneaking out of the house and uh, you're going with your friends. When you told your parents you were going to be doing a sleepover, and uh, you know you just um, basically it's about lying. You know you lied to your parents. You you know and and then when you go see it, I, when you go and sort of uh, see it in your bedroom or somewhere uh, after the fact, um, the uh, you 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 again it you're just doing something a little naughty. You're not supposed to be doing that. You know. Oh, that's okay. It's all right. That's how we learn. The movie is very like raunchy and naughty, and especially it came out in 1975, I believe. So Brad must have been such a fun character to play, especially back in the 70s. I'm sure it was so shocking for the audiences to see. So what do you remember about preparing for this role? And were you ever advised not to participate in Rocky Horror? Oh, no, nobody ever told me not to do it. I mean, I was a New York actor doing, you know, off off Broadway and some Broadway things. And I was attracted to the weird and wacky and wonderful and different. And so it it, it was something that um, I really wanted to jump into because the uh, environment and everybody who was working on it were really the sort of cutting edge of uh, avant-garde uh, filmmaking at the time and theater stuff and uh, uh, in London. And um, uh, and I just, I felt a part of it, uh, even though, you know, I was a New Yorker or, a, you know, a kid from the States. Um, I felt like I wanted to be a part of it. Um, Brad Majors uh, is, uh, well, basically he's my cousin who uh, who was a, a Republican uh, accountant uh, who I uh, sort of patterned uh, his sort of behavior on. And, um, uh, but it, 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 it's, it, it is a character that is so generic to the time, the sort of 50s male, you know, who was, couldn't, was, was having a really hard time making the transition uh, to the 60s and, um, and early 70s. And so uh, I, I, I love the, the tongue-in-cheek aspect and the seriousness of the character. I mean, we didn't, I don't think we consciously played it for laughs in that we 
uh, were aware of uh, how silly our characters were. You know, we, which is one of the problems with the show when it's done sometimes on stage, it gets very caricature-y, you know, it gets very comic booky. And I think what, one of the unique things about the actual film is that, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's bright, but it's also dark. I mean, the, the, not only are the themes, but, you know, there's S&M, there's cannibalism, there's uh, the, all that stuff in the movie uh, that um, uh, is uh, not glossed over, but, you know, touched very lightly. And um, when you see this sometimes on stage, uh, it just becomes a big cartoon. And I think it loses some of that truth. Yeah, because there's a lot, there's a lot of like deeper meanings within the movie. Like I said, when we were kids, there's something magical I think about a movie when you're a kid and you kind of don't really know what's going on, but you're still entertained by it, right? Yeah. And like we're singing inappropriate songs outside, and then as you get older, you start watching it, and there's so many. I mean, I could list probably 50 different themes that are in that film that address issues that were so much before its time that, yeah. and I think that's why it's having such a rebirth. Not that it ever went away, because people were yeah. always watching it. Well, it has. It's gone up and down and up and down. But, you know, that, that sort of glitter rock kind of uh, uh, androgynous um, uh, personality was really part of the mid-70s, you know, with the David Bowies and all those people and Queen and all that. You know, they, uh, I, Richard O'Brien, who wrote it, I don't think was plowing any new fields he was just combining all the crops in, in a very unique way not really proselytizing uh, about anything other than just wanting to entertain with uh, some great simple rock and roll music and uh and some uh, bright bright uh, wonderful kitschy sets and um, props and and I think all the performances were uh, in the same realm. Uh, Jim, uh, 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 Jim Sharman, who directed it, I thought was very smart in that he kept everybody on the same plane in, in, in terms of uh, their reality. And uh, uh, he didn't let us make fun of ourselves, you know, in any way. And the few lines in it that I have where I, I, I I hear myself doing something that is not real. I, I wince, you know, now uh, I go, oh, I wish I could redo that, you know, but you know, 45 years later, you can't redo, you know, something like that. You cannot <laughs> redo perfection. You were amazing. What are you talking about? Um, we'll talk, uh, I know Victoria is gonna go over like your current projects and things that you're doing, but I have to throw in another question. I was curious what your favorite song is from the film. And if you have like a certain like line that you like. Mm. Well, you know, you, you can't go wrong with Damn It, Janet. Uh, it, it, it starts the movie off and it sets the tone and like any good musical, uh, that's uh, one of the most important moments in, in the whole genre of that film. I mean, it's, it's energetic and it's, it tells a story and it moves the story forward. Like you said earlier, you know, that's what people quote uh, all the time, you know, damn it, Janet. And um, um, in fact, I even, uh, it, 
in my in my downtime, I've uh, I've made some clocks and some jewelry and stuff that I put on my website, BarryBostwick.com, where I sell these things. You know, these little things that say either "Damn it, Janet" or these clocks that have um, other sayings and uh, things on them. And it, that's how much I love this movie. I've 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 made things for the casts over the years and. Uh, uh, I, I adore uh, the enthusiasm and the energy and the commitment that the kids have uh, for this for this project. Well, that's so good to know. I'm going to go to the website because <laughs> I definitely want to get something. And then just really, do you still like sing songs from it or have you kind of like, I'm over it? But oh like no! I mean, I if I remember them, yeah. It uh, sometimes if I'm doing a convention or something, somebody will say, "Didn't you have a song that was cut?" And I go, "Yeah, I had this song called Once in a While." And then I'll I'll go into two lines of the song, you know, "Once in a while she don't want to call you," and then I say, "That's all I remember of that song," because it was. 45 years ago and the movie I understand why the song was cut because it really slowed the movie down you know it does on stage and um it's it's like a song from a different from from another show even though it's sort of an interesting song but it's really a ballad and it's you don't want to put a ballad when the energy in the movie or the show is just really starting to amp up you know Nobody cares about what his reaction was by getting, <laughs> having sex with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Tim Curry right then. It was like, uh, <laughs> you know, so. Do you still sing Damn It, Janet? Of course, oh, I'm like yeah. probing now. <laughs> Damn it, Janet, I love you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't sing that much uh, anymore. So it, it you know, if, if I'm doing a, a, a fundraiser or something, maybe I'll, I've never had to, nobody's actually asked me to come and sing Damn It, Janet. I don't know if I would, unless it was for a real important project, uh, you know, making money for something that was important. All right, I'll have to come up with something. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And for okay. the website, you, you mentioned items. Do you sign any of those? Oh yeah, it's also I sign everything. You know, it's oh, uh, it, it I, I have these clocks and things that I make uh, that I sign the backs of and stuff. And um, uh, I'll say it again, BarryBoswick.com. I, I I don't know. I've never I I've never had anything like that until about a year ago. Um, this fella uh, who runs one of the fan clubs or who runs one of the casts. Uh, up in New York area, he said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to have a website?" And I go, "Oh God, I don't know. I'm you know I don't." And he says, "I'll do it. I'll put it together for you, you know." And so he's been helping. Oh, he put it together, and and I I make stuff for it, and there's pictures and posters, you know, all the normal things that you have in a sort of semi demi celebrity, uh, you know, uh, website kind of thing. Well, we will definitely promote it and I'll be heading there after this. <laughs> exactly. Like, is there anything you can't do? Oh my goodness. Makes clocks is a phenomenal actor. If you wanted to talk about or promote any of your upcoming projects that you have going on that you're excited for. So we're very excited to hear about it. Well, we have one, uh, a Netflix film called Single All the Way, which is coming on for Christmas. That's the one where you play Harold, right? 
Yeah, I guess. I never know my name in these things. Everybody <laughs> else calls me by my name. And, and if somebody calls my name, uh, I, you know, say, say, well, who do you play? I go, God, I, I, I don't know. You also did the Outlaw Johnny Black, right? So you have that. Oh, out. yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll probably come out soon. Uh, playing a bad guy, a bad. I like playing bad guys. You know, I think uh, that's again, that's sort of a, that's a comedy. You know, I like the comedies. I'm not, a, I'm not big on the on the on the crying thing <laughs> well good so you have those projects coming out so people can look forward to it so um what should they do should they follow you on twitter or instagram or like how do they keep up to date tell me with this <laughs> i don't do the you know but, the twitter thing I, and the instagram i did it for a while and then i i got too many weird people following me uh, on my instagram you know <laughs> and, and so i thought oh I, this is just this is just wrong for me I didn't, uh, so I sort of canceled my Instagram. But I have, I have a Facebook page that okay. I, you know I'll check in w with once a month or so, and uh, so I'm not active really much on that. And uh, my website, uh, people can come to my website. Uh, did I mention it's BarryBosberg.com? Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's you'll good. find you'll find out what what I'm up to, and you can communicate with me through that. And uh, um, I, I find that. Um, uh, easier for me. I, all the other stuff, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take pictures of myself sitting around the pool, you know, it's just so I can put it on Instagram on Friday. It's, um, it's just too much work. And uh, no, I, I, I'm sure, I, I, you know, it's, it's great for a lot of people, but uh, I, I, it's just not, I, I just don't want you to know that much about me. <laughs> oh, hey, I understand. That was like, the good old days right back in the day when you didn't know anything and you would just watch movies and not know everybody's personal business so i kind of miss those days so i understand completely got to keep a little mystery in life you know yeah. but, okay so, uh, but they could head to your website so we'll be able to stay there and keep updated with all their your new projects coming out yeah. which is very exciting yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, and it tells you if i'm going to be at some convention or you know some rocky horror evening or or uh, anything that I'm doing, you know, like I'm doing a movie or I'm doing a series or something that will uh, it, oh, yeah. all be there. We should mention also in Connecticut, right? You're going to be appearing there during yeah. like your live events. So I just want to make sure to mention that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New Haven, up. right? New Haven. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. You know, those evenings, uh, I do a few of those a year. They we have a shadow cast. We do a Q and A. We have a costume contest. We uh, we do a sort of VIP reception. Um, it uh, it gives me a it gives me a chance to really get down and dirty with the the, the casts you know who do this and who have committed themselves to this and um, and and I get to see just how important this movie has been to an awful lot of people and. Um, I can de-virginize a, a, a lot of people in one night in one fell swoop. <laughs> well, Mary, I love you so much. I feel like we could talk to you for like two hours about well, all your you. projects and rock and hard, but we love you so much here. I'm so thank excited you. to check out your website. We'll make sure to, yeah. we'll tweet that for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you. Well, well, I just want to thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. My um, pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll see you guys later.